0: I'm Kim Grinnells of dogran.com with Scott Eklund breaking down the defensive line post-spring football 2023. Again, we will be breaking down each and every position via podcast. And uh, shortly after, we will go ahead and break it down in writing as well. And I keep on saying this, but when we do the podcast, we're just able to add a lot more context than we would in text. And um, just go get a little bit more in depth. Hey, hey Scott, if we were to take the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And you were to transcribe it. So, a 20 minute podcast would take how long to transcribe?
1: Minimum 60 minutes, because it's usually three minutes per minute of uh, audio. So, it's usually three minutes. And, uh, but for me, I, I hate doing it. So, it's probably more like four minutes, so like two hours.
0: Yeah, and then you've got to do the editing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you're going to go, yep. what, did, what did Kim just say? Really? Really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, defensive line, taking a look at it at spring ball, Scott, I think that of all the positions that we take a look at at spring ball, defensive line may be the tough to really break down and get a handle on because there's just not a lot of contact.
1: No, there just isn't. And, you know, I mean, they, they do a little bit more than they were for a little while because of the... uh those helmets, the, those helmet shields that they put on, uh, those padded helmets that they put on top of their helmets um, that absorbs some of the impact and everything like that. But, yeah, it's it's not as much uh, live tackling as, you know, a lot of people would like to think that it is and, and everything like that. They're going three quarters. They're going thud te- tempo where you just hit a guy and wrap him up, but you don't take him to the ground. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's not as easy to tell what the offensive and defensive lines are really doing during the spring um, unless you get to see some full contact stuff.
0: Yeah, Washington's got a lot of guys returning on the defensive line. Uh, you know, let's just go ahead and, you know, run down the list follow to a Uh has just played a lot of football since he's been here.
1: Yeah, he has. And uh, you know, he I, I was going through it and doing some different stuff with him and and uh just kind of looking back on his career and everything like that. He played a little bit when he was a true freshman, um and and then played a little bit more at, you know, in, in the 2020 season um, uh, was actually part of, I think he started two of the four games. Um, and um, I remember ag- against Arizona there, that game that was, that turned into a blowout, but Washington needed to make a stop early on, on a fourth down at like the 50 yard line. And he was one of the main culprits in there that, that helped stuff it. And, um, you know he's always been a guy who who has the size. He's six three, three hundred fourteen pounds. He can move a little bit, but we didn't see him do a lot uh, this spring because he was he was dinged, you know, for much of the spring. And so um, they wanted to get a lot of extra work for the Parker twins anyway, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But uh, they wanted to get some some work for some of the younger guys. Um, so they didn't really run Tuli uh, Tuli letulu and and Faatu'i Tuitele. Uh, very much with the first unit. They they let Bandus and, and some of the younger guys run with the ones so that they, those guys could get some rest, but also so the, the younger guys could get some some run.
0: Yeah, it adds that uh, needed bulk up front at yep. 314 pounds, and you pair him with Thule. It's always funny because when people aren't familiar with the team try to pronounce Thule, they mm-hmm. just finally just say Thule. It's Thule Latuli Gossanoa. Yeah. Yeah. So, and he's, he's 6'1", 300 pounds, a little over 300 pounds, but mm-hmm. had a really good year. And I think teaming him with uh, uh, Tua Tele, that could be a pretty good pairing up front. And they've also got the depth to rotate in there, but expecting big things from Tule this year. Oh,
1: yeah, I think so. He's finally fully healthy. You know, he's he's able to run around. He's he's dealt with some leg injuries ever since high school, really. And and that was one of the reasons why he was a a borderline five-star guy, if I remember correctly. Coming out of high school, and um, you know, one of the reasons why a lot of schools backed off of him just a little bit—not totally—but uh, was because he he had some leg injuries, and he just didn't live up to the the potential as a senior. And a lot of people saw that and was like, "eh, maybe he's topped out." At 6'1", 302 pounds, he's kind of a spark plug, but he is so quick and he disengages really well, and and he can get after the quarterback a little bit. And I think the coaches really like what they've seen out of him. Uh, Coach Inoke Breckerfield, you know, he's he's done a lot with him and in, in showing him how to do different things. He's a guy who actually could have left early this year, but decided to come back. Um, I think he would have found a place because the NFL is always looking for guys who can stuff the run, and that's one thing that uh, Thule does. and um, you know, I, I, and the fact that he can get a little pass rush too, I, I think that just increases his value. So, uh, could have left early, but decided to come back and run it back one more time. And, and I think his leadership along with Tua Tele and then, uh, Jacob Bandis and, and Ale, I think you're going to see, um, a very experienced defensive line up front. And then they've got those young guys too.
0: MJ, Ale, uh, former offensive lineman out yeah. of, um, down at Tacoma, down out of five, five, Fife High School, uh, shout-out to Caleb McGarry. But <laughs> uh, uh, MJ has really transformed his body where he was just a large human, and uh, he doesn't have a gut anymore. He's really no, trimmed he down. 6'6", 331 pounds, and he's not sloppy like he was when he was playing offensive line at about 360. Credit to Ron, uh, strength and conditioning coach Ron McKeefrey, but he looks like a different guy.
1: Yeah, he does. And, and he, I thought, in the because they, they were very – uh, judicious in how they used him and do, did different things with him, letting him get some reps because he's still trying to get reps at defensive line. He's only had a year's worth of reps there, um, so they're trying to get him as many reps as possible. But they also don't want to wear him down. They want to make sure that he's a, he's a guy who's a hundred percent and ready to go uh, for the start of the season. And so, um, you know, they they used him judiciously. But man, when when he's in there, he's just a space eater. He's he he doesn't do a lot in the pass rush, but. When it comes to clogging clogging up the uh running lanes and things like that, that's what they ask him to do. And and when he's in there, the the defense looks a lot different. Um, part of that's because they're playing three defensive linemen when he's in there. So um, you know, he isn't in there a lot by himself, uh, or or you know, with one other guy. He's in there with two other guys. And the whole point of that is to be real strong against the run.
0: The one guy I have a tough time wrapping my head around, he seems to make splash plays once in a while, but just not real big, has played, you know, uh, has played a fair amount of football on the defensive line is Voj Tanufe.
1: Yeah, and and he's a guy who will rotate out and do some edge stuff because, you know, but he's mainly been on the defensive line, and he's a guy who um, is kind of a pass rush specialist as an inside guy. So they'll bring him in on, let's say it's third and seven or longer, and they know that the that the opposing team's going to pass it. He'll be in as kind of even over the nose or as a three tech and and rush the quarterback. And he always does really well. He's the one that got that pressure on uh, on uh, the quarterback from uh, Arizona that that uh, you know caused a sack. And and then it was like and ended up being like fourth and seventeen or something like that after a sack. And and uh, he's an explosive guy off the edge. He isn't going to wow you with his size or anything like that. He's just got a great motor. Gets after you. He can he can uh, really bend the edge at times. Um, but you know he's going to rotate all over that defensive line, and he's going to be more of your your third down specialist kind of pass rusher from the inside.
0: Listed at six one two forty nine, So, again, you yeah. know, when you're talking about, you know, just getting him in there on those third and longs and rushing from the inside, that's probably where you're going to see um, him most. But uh, Jacob Bandis was a really highly touted guy coming out of uh, Pittsburgh, California. Um, seems to have been injured quite a bit, but listed at 6'3, 314 pounds. And this could be the year where we see Jacob Bandis break out a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think it is. You know, I, I think a light switch. Which has gone on with him, he he came out in the same class as Tuatele did, the 2019 recruiting class, and um, he was a guy that, like you said, Kim was very highly touted, he's out of Pittsburgh High School in California, and um, had offers from all over, I mean, it, basically a who's who of Top 25 schools, Clemson had offered him, Alabama, Auburn, um, you know, Ohio, I don't think Ohio State offered, I think that was one of the few that didn't offer that was in the top 25, but you know, he was a guy who who dominated at the at the opening when I wa- when I went and watched it. Are not the opening. I'm sorry, the the uh, Nike Combine in Northern California. He he was one of the best guys out there, and uh, was really impressed with him. And and uh, you know, he just hasn't done very much. And some of it was. Um, From what I was able to gather, like you said, Kim, he had a little bit of injuries, but he also had some trouble just picking up the defense and, and knowing what he was supposed to do. He was used to freelancing a little bit more in high school. And so they've gotten him to a point now where he plays a little bit more discipline and, and he holds the edge really strong and he holds at the point of attack and at 63 314 pounds, he needs to be plugging those lanes. And that's what he did during the spring. I mean, he was really good and he got a lot of first team reps in, in, uh, in the spring. And I'm not saying he's going to be a starter, but he's going to be heavily in the mix in that, uh, or at least, you know, if you watch, if you watched practice, you would have said, "Yeah, that guy had one of the best springs," and and uh, he's he he really seems to have had the light come on, and and hopefully he does because you know the more guys Washington can have up front that can make plays and can also uh, stuff the run and be in there and being effective. Um, the, all the better for the defense,
0: the Parker twins, Javon and Armand Parker. It's still kind of surprising to a lot of people. They're out of Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Javon played a lot more. Well, he played last year. Armand was hurt quite a bit. Armand's a little bit bigger. A lot of people think he has a little bit higher upside, but still kind of shocking that, uh, Washington was able to get them out of the Midwest. They seem to be kind of ignored on the recruiting trail. And we're just kind of, yeah. go, kind of going, huh?
1: I know. And, and so Armand is is the guy who had a little bit who is considered to have a little bit higher upside. But the problem with Armand was he showed up at the University of Washington with a knee injury. So, um, you know, he sat out last year. So Javon was the one that got in and he acquitted himself very well. I think he got one start. I think it was against Arizona State. Right. I think he started yeah. that game and um played quite a bit at last season and, and acquitted himself very well and he and armon are are basically the future of washington's defensive line because Tuley's going to graduate this year there's some thought that uh tuatele could end up uh you know being being done with college football he might go to the nfl he might uh you know just be done with football together cuz he hasn't been able to stay healthy either but um you know i These guys are the future of Washington's uh, defensive line. They want to get guys with longer arms. Both of them have longer arms. They want to get guys who can rush the quarterback a little bit from the inside. But more than anything, they want guys who are really good against the run and really disciplined two-gap guys. And that's what these guys are. You know, Armand might have the higher upside, but Javon's just got that motor. And um, to have Armand be the only one with a Power 5 offer, he got an offer from Illinois – but other than that, they had real small schools. And I'm not talking, like, um, group of five schools. I'm talking FCS programs and Division II programs were after them. And Washington saw their film and were like, why isn't anybody on these guys? <laughs> and uh, and so they, came, they swooped in and they got them. What I'm just amazed at is schools like Toledo and Bowling Green and Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan weren't all over these guys. I just don't get it. I don't get why – Guys that are that size, six, when they were in high school, they were about six three, two eighty five. Both of those guys were. They could move. You could see all the different things that they could do. They could rush the quarterback. They could stop the run. They played for a big school their last year. Their their first three years, they played at a really small school. But you know, I I, I guess I just I'm a little shocked that, and I think a lot of people are shocked that Washington was able to get two really talented defensive linemen out of out of Michigan.
0: Well, talk about uh, guys that you know. Maybe not a lot of people were on. We don't have to scramble for commits very often. But uh, as an alum from Renton High School, and they offered a kid from Renton High School in C O C for now. Even mm. Brandon Huffman didn't know who he was.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was that was one that we were like, uh, who? And 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 you know, he he's a guy who just um, you know it. It, it was it was surprising that they they took him, but I think what they saw was a guy who was six three six four, who was about two hundred eighty or two hundred sixty pounds at the time. He could run. He had that long frame and and everything like that. And Kim, you talked to who did you did you talk to Noakes or was it uh, more Chuck Morrell that, that just talked to him when you asked him about him. That, that they basically said, you know, he's coming along, but he's just got guys who are playing better ahead of him,
0: right? Yeah, he's still a young guy. And, yeah. um, you know, coming from such a small high school, you know, he was more of an athlete with a projected upside who's uh, going to take longer to develop. But, you know, when I asked, you know, Coach Morell about him, I just says, you know, just not seeing a lot. And he goes, he's going to be fine. But when you take a look at the guys in front of him, when you talk about the floor, you know, where he came in at and the ceiling to where the guys were, there's just a big gap on where he came in from it's just going to take him some time I don't see I I think he's going to see some playing time this year but uh, I think next year is the year that you'll probably start seeing more of COC for now
1: yeah it's just you know he's only a sophomore he's a third year player he hasn't played a ton of football and uh, you you see him out there he gives a lot of effort he works hard the you know coach uh, Brechterfield has basically said you know it has basically just intimated he's a guy you know, he, he's a guy right now and I'm waiting to see what he can do and figure it out and stuff like that. So he's not re- he's not close yet. I, I, I honestly think I'd be surprised to see him play very much this year. But I think next year, if he does stick it out at the University of Washington, I could see him getting in the rotation in 2024. He's he's got the size and the athleticism just needs to get the experience and 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 uh, get the strength.
0: It just takes longer for bigs. It mm-hmm. just does. And sometimes it just takes a while uh, longer for them to click in. And we talked about it with a couple of the offensive linemen and Nate Koleppo and Julius Bulow, where I was wondering if there was going to be a time where they would just go ahead and leave because they weren't developing. And then all of a sudden the light came on and you've got two starting mm-hmm. inside uh, guys on the offensive line. And for now I think it's going to be one of those guys. It's just going to take a little longer, but when it clicks in, he's going to be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. I I could just, I could see him down the road, you know, being a, a guy who may not be ever be a starter, but he'll be a nice, solid rotation guy.
0: Elenius Davis is a freshman who enrolled early. Um, I didn't notice him that much, but I know you mentioned him a couple of different times. What did you see out of Elenius Davis? Well, and he should still be in high school, by the way.
1: Well, he should be. Um, he didn't practice because he had a knee injury. So he was, he's still rehabbing from that. So we just saw him on the sidelines really doing some work. Um, with the with the trainers he's a guy who honestly I'll be shocked if we even see him this year Um, because I think he's still recovering he's still less than a year um, from from his knee injury and I know guys heal up faster especially 18 year old guys they they heal up pretty quick and and with the medical stuff that can happen nowadays guys can be back and playing in six months but Washington doesn't need him this year and that's the nice thing about where they're at as far as depth. He's a guy, he's 6'2, 319 pounds. I think they'd rather have him around like 310, 305, 310. Uh, he can move. He's from Minnesota. When was the last time Washington got a kid from Minnesota? I mean, it's, it's been a long time, Kim, if, it, if it's even it happened. Happened. I mean, it's yeah, happened. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he's, he's just a, he's a, he's a guy who comes out of an area that Washington doesn't recruit very much, but, uh, just bonded with, uh, coach Brechterfield and, and, uh, and and felt really strongly about the Washington football program felt that it met everything that he was looking for he had offers from Minnesota and he had offers from Illinois lots of big 10 schools were after him not the big not the blue bloods not Michigan and Ohio State but Michigan State came in with them a little bit um, you had Penn State looking at him a little bit. I know that there, was, there were, uh, you know, several other schools. Some Big 12 schools also came in on him a little bit. So uh, Washington did a good job recruiting him. Uh, and then he gets injured halfway through his senior season. And, and they kept it their word and honored his, his uh, scholarship. And he showed up at the University of Washington and basically been doing all of his rehab here. I wouldn't be shocked to see him play this year, but I don't, I don't think we will. I, I think that um, Washington will just say, hey, we're going to lock you in the weight room. We want you to get your nutrition down. We want you to get 100% healthy. We want you to be ready to go for spring because we're going to lose some guys along the offensive or along the defensive line. You're going to lose at least two in Ale and Thule. So they need a guy like Alineas to be that young guy to bridge the gap because they're going to take two in the 2024 recruiting class. And so he needs to help bridge that gap between the Parkers. And, and the 2024 guys, and and I think he'll, he'll do a really good job with that. He's probably more of a nose tackle at, at his size and his bulk and everything like that, but he's got some athleticism, and he can do some damage against the pass as well. So, guy to keep an eye on down the road, but right now I don't think you're going to see very much of him this year.
0: Bradley McGannon uh, is a sophomore out of Yelm, Washington. He's a walk-on. He wears number 97. Uh, he We actually saw him a little bit. He was able to get in there for some reps this year. Yeah. Time.
1: Yeah, usually with the second or third team. Um, I think we saw him a couple times with the first team, but most of the time he just got in there with the second and third team. He's the guy who who's all effort. I mean, that's kind of what he is. 6'4", 305 pounds, um, all business in the front, party in the back. You know, he's got that uh, mullet going and, and uh, you know, shaved on the sides and everything like that. You say but,
0: that like it's a bad thing, Scott. Yeah,
1: well, yeah, being from Bremerton, that was the hairstyle, Kim, when mm-hmm. I grew up. So. There you go. So I and and I disdain the mullet. But, uh, you know, some guys can wear it well. And Trey Adams is one of those guys who wore it well. Bradley McGannon's another guy who runs it well. But, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a really good rotational uh, depth player. You'll see him some on special teams. He'll get in there and do some things. But, you know, he, he's he's not going to be a guy who's going to be heavily in the rotation because you've got guys that are that are. You know, on scholarship, but also just better than he is right now. And he's a guy who who know. I think he knows his role. His role is as a scout team guy. His role is to be in there and and uh, get get some work for those uh, scholarship offensive linemen and and work against them and 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 to be there as a rotation guy when he's needed.
0: Well, Davis was the only uh, defensive lineman in the 23 class, but taking a look forward to the 24 class, how many do you expect them to bring in for the interior defensive line? Span?
1: Yeah, well, I've already mentioned that, that you know, I thought they'd take two in this class, and Washington is on a handful of guys that that uh, they really, really like. One one is probably, I think he's the number one guy in the West, um, regardless of position, and that's Jericho Johnson out of Armeo. Uh in, in Fairfield, California, 6'4, 300 pounds, uh, can run, can do basically everything you want to do. And he's got that length that Washington's looking for along the defensive line. They also got they also are in on a guy by the name of Dominic Kirks. Now he's being recruited as a edge, but he's got that frame: 6'5, 250 pounds, 260 pounds, and he could eventually grow into a defensive lineman. And then uh, DeAndre Cook is another one. They're recruiting this guy also as a defensive end, edge guy. But uh, DeAndre Cook, 6'3", 260 pounds. I could see him easily 6'3", 290 and playing inside as a three-tech. He's he's really good off the edge, though. Um, He's from uh, Washington, D.C. And when was the last time Washington was on a kid from Washington, D.C. and had a legit shot? Well, they have a legit shot with DeAndre Cook. The problem is... Clemson is after him now. Very hard. Um, South Carolina is after him very hard. Georgia has actually started to recruit him. So this is a guy who's seen his recruiting blow up. One last guy to mention is a guy by the name of Omar Khan. He's 6'2 and a half, 270. He's out of uh, Bridgeland, uh, Texas, or out of Bridgeland High School down in Cypress, Texas. He's been up for a visit. He's kind of a different cat, you know. He's he's a he's just a little bit different dude when you talk to him, and his priorities are all about school and and finding a school that that has good football and academics. Washington is one of those schools. He's he's already scheduled a visit for uh, Cal for an official visit. Washington is going to get an official visit, I'm pretty sure. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, But, yeah, and and by the way, they will get a visit, an official visit out of Jericho Johnson, Dominic Kirks and DeAndre Cook. I I think those are the kind of the top four defensive line prospects. But a couple of those guys are swing guys who could end up playing some edge as well.
0: That wraps up. the defense.
1: One more thing, Kim. I'm sorry. I I meant to mention this earlier. Anthony James is a kid who came in early also um, from the 2023 class. He's he was recruited as an edge. But with his frame, Kim, you saw him this spring. Yeah,
0: he's he, with he's, his, he's a dude. You just look over. That's a yeah, dude. Yeah, but, and you but can just... with
1: with his frame, you could totally see him growing in. You know, putting on. He's he's two hundred and sixty five pounds right now. He'll and, be
0: he He'll be two ninety before you know
1: it. I think so. I, I think he'll be at least in the two eighties. And if that's the case, can he still play on the edge, or is he going to be better putting his hand in the ground and maybe playing as a five tech, seven tech? Or you know both. where he. Can, Or both. Yeah, he can play almost anywhere Four I could do a lot of those different things. And so that's a guy he might he's not going to be in the defensive line rotation for a year or two. But I think if as he grows, as he gets in the weight program, because I mean, Kim, you saw his arms and his legs. He looks like a basketball player. Yeah, he's and, bigger. And he's gonna get a lot bigger now that he's in a real weight program and and everything like that. I I can easily see him growing into a defensive lineman down the road. So that's another name just to keep in the back of your head for the for the future.
0: We'll be breaking down each and every position post-spring football on podcasts. We'll have the written articles out shortly. And uh, if you're looking for the past ones, just go to the forums and look for uh, the Dogman Radio archives. Lots of good stuff in there. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go Dogs.